Hello. Today I'll be reading the fourth act from a play called Uncle Vanya, written by the Russian playwright Anton Chekhov. It is a rather old play, being first produced in 1899, but some of you might have heard of it recently from the film Drive My Car, which won the Oscar for Best International Film. Okay, so to give you a, bro- a brief summary of the play, let me quote Wikipedia. The play portrays the visit of an elderly professor and his glamorous, much younger second wife, Yelena, to the rural estate that supports their urban lifestyle. Two friends, Vanya, brother of the professor's late first wife, who has long managed the estate, and Astrov, the local doctor, both fall under Yelena's spell. Sonia, the professor's daughter by his first wife, who has worked with Vanya to keep the estate going, suffers from her unrequited feelings for Astrov. Matters are brought to a crisis when the professor announces his intention to sell the estate, Vanya and Sonia's home, with a view to investing the proceeds to achieve a high income for himself and his wife. So, let me go through the list of characters for this play. First, we have the professor, who is Alexander Vladimirovich Serebriakov. Forgive my Russian pronunciation. Then... We have his second wife, Yelena Andreevna. Next, we have Sonia, the professor's daughter by his first wife, also the niece of the eponymous Uncle Vanya. Next, Maria Vasilyevna Voynitskaya, the widow of a privy councillor, mother of the professor's first wife. We have also her son, who happens to be Uncle Vanya. Next, Mikhail Astrov, a doctor. Ilya Telegin, an impoverished landowner. Marina, an old nursemaid. And a workman. So there are a total of nine characters in this play, but not all of them will appear in the fourth act, which I'll be reading. So now, let me give you a brief synopsis of what happens in Act 4. So in Act 4, Marina, the nursemaid, and Talagin, the impoverished landowner, discuss the planned departure of the professor and his second wife. When Vanya and Estrov enter, Estrov says that in this district, only he and Vanya were decent, cultured men, and that ten years of narrow-minded life have made them vulgar. Vanya has stolen a vial of Astrov's morphine, presumably to commit suicide. Sonia and Astrov beg him to return the narcotic, which he eventually does. Yelena and Serebriakov, near the professor and his second wife, bid everyone farewell. When Yelena says goodbye to Astrov, she admits to having been carried away by him embraces him, and takes one of his pencils as a souvenir. The professor and Vanya make their peace, agreeing that all will be as it was before. So once the outsiders have departed, no one remember this estate is actually the home of Sonia and Vanya. Sonia and Vanya pay bills. Maria, the mother of Uncle Vanya, reads a pamphlet and Marina knits. 
Vanya complains of the heaviness of his heart, and Sonia, in response, speaks of living, working, and the rewards of the afterlife. Act 4 from Uncle Vanya Vanya's room, which is both a bedroom and the estate office. By the window stands a large table with ledgers and assorted papers. The room also contains a bookkeeper's desk, cupboards, and a pair of scales. A smaller table, covered with drawing materials and paints for Astrov, has a portfolio leaning against it. There is a birdcage with a starling. A map of Africa, obviously of no use to anyone, is hanging on the wall over an enormous oilcloth sofa. To the left is a door leading to the rest of the house. To the right, a door leading to the entrance hall. At the right-hand door is a mat for peasants to wipe their boots on. It is an autumn evening, and everything is quiet. Telegin and Marina sit facing each other, finding wool. Hurry! Marina Timofievna, they'll be calling us to say goodbye in a minute now. The carriage has been sent for. There's just a little left. They're going to cock off. They're going to live there. A good thing too. Some scare they had. I won't spend another hour in this house. Elena Andreevna keeps saying. All she talks about is leaving. We're going to cock off, she says. We'll send for our things once we've had a look round. They're taking almost nothing, so they're not going to live here after all, Marina. Fate has decreed otherwise. A good thing too. The racket they made this afternoon, the shooting, disgraceful. Yes, a scene for the brush of an Ivazovsky. I never thought I'd see the day. Now things will be like they were. Tea every morning at seven, a solid meal at twelve, and supper in the evening. Everything in order, like normal people live, the Christian way. It's ages since I've had a good bowl of noodles. True, nobody has made noodles in a long time. A long time. I was walking through the village this morning, and you know what the grocer shouted out after me? Sponja! That's what. And it hurt. Don't you go listening to them now. We're all sponges of the Lord. But you and Sonia and Ivan Petrovich, none of you sit with your arms folded. Everyone works around here. Everybody. Where's Sonia? In the garden. She and the doctor are looking all over for Ivan Petrovich. They're afraid he'll try to do away with himself. Where's his pistol? I hid it in the cellar. The goings on in this house. Enter Vanya and Astrov from outside. Vanya. Leave me alone. Go away. Can't you leave me by myself for even an hour? I can't stand being watched over. I was just leaving, Vanya. The goose goes cackle, cackle. Leave me alone. Astrov. I'd be only too glad to go. I should have left long ago. But I repeat, I'm not leaving till you give me back what you've taken. I haven't taken anything from you. I'm not joking, and don't keep me waiting. I'm long overdue. I haven't taken a thing. <sighs> really? 
Well then, I'll just wait a little longer. But soon, I'm sorry, I'll have to use force. We'll tie you up and search you. I mean it. That's fine with me. How could I be such a fool, shooting twice and missing both times? I'll never forgive myself. Why didn't you blow your brains out if you were so intent on shooting? Funny. Here I've tried to commit murder and no one arrests me. No one takes me to court. They must think I'm insane. <sighs> so I'm insane. And what about people who hide their incompetence, their stupidity, their monumental heartlessness behind the mask of a learned seer? They're not insane. No. Or people who marry old men and then deceive them in full view. I saw you with your arms around her. I saw you. Yes, I did put my arms around her. So there. The whole world must be insane if it suffers the likes of you. What a stupid thing to say. Well, what of it? If I'm insane, I'm not responsible for my actions. I have every right to say stupid things. Don't expect me to fall for that. You're not insane. You're a crackpot, a clown. I used to think all crackpots are crazy, sick, but now I believe that being a crackpot is the normal human condition. You're perfectly normal. I'm so ashamed. If only you knew how ashamed I feel. It hurts more than any pain. It's unbearable. What can I do? What can I do? Nothing. Give me something. God, I'm 47 years old. Suppose I live to be 60. 13 more years. It's too long. How can I get through 13 years? What can I do with them? What can I fill them with? Don't you see? Don't you see? If only we could live out our lives in some new way. Wake up one clear, quiet morning to find we'd started life all over again and the past had been forgotten. Blown away like smoke. If I could start a new life. Tell me how to begin. Where to begin. New life. You can't be serious. Our situation's hopeless. Yours and mine. It is. I'm convinced of it. Give me something. I've got a burning pain here. Stop it. The people will come a hundred, two hundred years after us and look down on us for living such stupid, tasteless lives. They may find a way to be happy. As for us, you and I have one hope and one hope alone. That as we lie in our graves, we may be visited by dreams. Maybe even sweet dreams. <sighs> yes, my friend. Our whole district had only two decent, cultured men. You and me. But ten years of this despicable provincial existence has dragged us down. Its noxious fumes have poisoned our blood. And now we're as petty and narrow-minded as the rest of them. But stop trying to talk your way out of it. Give it back. I haven't taken anything. You took a bottle of morphine with my medicine bag. Look, if you're determined to kill yourself, then go out into the woods and shoot. But give me back my morphine or else people will start suspecting things. And before you know it, they'll be saying I gave it to you. Isn't it enough I'll have to do the post-mortem? Think I'll enjoy it? Enter Sonia. Leave me alone. Your uncle has stolen a bottle of morphine from my bag and won't give it back. Tell him it's not very bright. I can't waste any more time. I've got to go. Do you take that morphine?
Uncle Vanya. He took it all right. Give it back. Why do you want to frighten us? Give it back, Uncle Vanya. Believe me, I'm just as unhappy as you, and I don't despair. I bear my burden, and I'll go on bearing it until my life comes to a natural end. You do the same. Give it back. Dear Uncle Vanya, sweet Uncle Vanya, give it back. You're so good. You'll take pity on us and give it back, won't you? Bear your burden, Uncle Vanya. Here, take it. We've got to go back to work immediately. We've got to hurry and do something, or I can't go on. Back to work. Yes, yes. As soon as we've seen them off, we'll get right down to work. Everything's been so neglected. Well, now I can be on my way. Yelena entering. Ivan Petrovich, are you here? We're leaving. Go and see Alexander. He has something to tell you. Do go, Uncle Vanya. Come on. You and Father need to make peace. You must. I'm leaving. Goodbye. So soon. The carriage is waiting. Goodbye. You promised me today you would leave. I remember. I'm going. You were scared, weren't you? Isn't that terrifying? Yes, it is. Why not stay? How about it? Tomorrow in the woods. No, it's all settled. The only reason I can face you unafraid is that we are definitely leaving. I have a favor to ask of you. Don't think too badly of me. I want you to respect me. Oh, please stay. Please, admit it. You've got nothing else to do. No goal in life, nothing to occupy your mind. And sooner or later, your feelings are going to get the better of you. It's inevitable. Doesn't it make more sense for it to happen here, in the lap of nature, rather than in Kharkov or a place like Kursk? At least it's romantic and has its own beauty. The woods, tumble-down manors out of Turgenev. You're strange, you know. Here I am, annoyed with you. But still, I'll always enjoy thinking of you. You're interesting, original. We'll never see each other again, so... Why hide it? I was a trifle infatuated with you. Well, let's shake hands and part friends. No hard feelings. Yes, you'd better go. You seem so sincere and good, but everything about you is somehow strange as well. The moment you and your husband arrived, we all dropped the constructive things we were running about doing and spent the whole summer taking care of your husband's gout and you. You infected all of us with your idleness, yours and his. I was infatuated with you and didn't do a thing all month. And meanwhile, people have been falling ill. The peasants have let their cattle graze in the woods I was planting. So you see, you and your husband wreak havoc wherever you go. I'm only joking, of course. And yet, it is strange. But I'm convinced that if you'd stayed on, the destruction would have been enormous. I'd never have survived. And you wouldn't have escaped either. So go. Finita la comedia. I'm taking this pencil to remember you by. Funny, isn't it? We were friends, and suddenly, for no reason, 
we'll never see each other again. It's like everything in life. Before anybody comes, before Uncle Vanya brings in his bouquet, let me kiss you. Goodbye. May I? There. Now everything's fine. All the best. Well, here goes. For once in my life... She embraces him impulsively. They separate quickly. I've got to go. Then go. Go quickly. Leave if the carriage is ready. I think I hear them coming. Finita. Enter Serebriakov, Vanya, Maria Vasilyevna with a book, Telegin, and Sonia. Serebriakov to Vanya. Let bygones be bygones. So much has happened. I've been through and thought through so much in the past few hours. I feel I could write an entire treatise on the art of living for the edification of posterity. I willingly accept your apology and hope you will accept mine. Goodbye. You'll be receiving the same amount in the same regular installments. Everything will be as before. Have your picture taken, Alexander, and send me a copy. You know how much you mean to me. Goodbye, Your Excellency. Don't forget us. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for the pleasure of your company. I respect your point of view, your enthusiasm, and your impulses. But allow an old man to interject one last observation. It's what you do that counts, ladies and gentlemen. What you do that counts. Goodbye. Goodbye. Forgive me. We'll never meet again. Goodbye, dear Ivan Petrovich. Estrov to Telegin. Waffles, tell them to get my carriage ready while they're at it, will you? At your service, my friend. He exits. Only Estrov and Vanya remain. Estrov, aren't you going to see them off? Let them go. I can't. I'm so miserable. I'd better find something to do at once. Work. Work! Estrov. They're gone. The professor's happy. That's for sure. Nothing in the world could track him back here. Marina. Entering. They're gone. She sits in an armchair and starts knitting a stocking. Sonia. Entering. They're gone. God grant them a safe journey. Well, Uncle Vanya, let's get to work. 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 It's a long, long time since we sat together at this table. She lights the lamp. There doesn't seem to be any ink. I'm sad they're gone. Maria Vasilyevna, entering slowly. They're gone. She sits and immerses herself in her reading. Sonia, sitting at the table and leafing through a leisure. First, we'll do the accounts, Uncle Vanya. Everything's been so neglected. There was another call for a bill today. Here, you start. You do one. I'll do the next. Read the account of... 
Marina, yawning. Oh, time for bed. Estrov, it's so quiet with the pens scratching and the crickets chirping, warm and cozy. I hate to leave. There's my carriage. So the only thing left for me to do is say goodbye to you, friends. Say goodbye to my table, and I'm off. What's your hurry? Why not sit a while? I can't. Plus two hundred and seventy-five from the previous bow. Workman entering. Your carriage is ready, sir. Estrov. Yes, I heard. Here, take these, and be careful not to crush the portfolio. Yes, sir. Well, when will we see you again? Not before summer, I imagine. Certainly not all winter. Let me know if anything happens, of course, and I'll come straight over. He shakes everyone's hand. Thanks for your hospitality, for your kindness, for everything. He goes over to Marina and kisses her on the head. Goodbye, Marina. You're not going to leave without tea, are you? I don't feel like any, Nanny. A little vodka, then. Well, Marina exits. Estrov. After a pause, my tray's horse seems to have gone lame. I noticed it yesterday when Petrushka was taking him to water. Needs recharging. I'll have to stop at the blacksmith's on my way home. I have no choice. He goes up to the map of Africa and looks at it. Must be sweltering down there in Africa. Probably is. Marina, returning with a glass of vodka and a piece of bread on a tray. Here you are. Estrov drinks the vodka. Ooh. Your health, Mikhail Lvovich. She makes a low bow. Have a little bread with it, Estrov. No. That's all right. Well then, goodbye. To Marina. Don't bother to see me out, Nanny. There's no need. Estrov exits. Sonia follows him with a candle to see him out. Marina sits in her armchair. February the second. Vegetable oil, twenty pounds. February the sixteenth. Vegetable oil again, twenty pounds. Buckwheat. Marina. He's gone. Sonia, entering and putting the candle on the table. He's gone. Vanya, adding up some figures on the abacus, which makes fifteen, twenty-five. Marina, yawning. Dear me, dear me. Enter Telegin on tiptoe. He sits and softly tunes his guitar. Vanya to Sonia, passing his hand once over her hair. I'm so miserable, my child. You don't know how miserable I am. What can we do? We must live, and live we shall, Uncle Vanya. We shall live through a long, long line of days and endless nights. We shall patiently bear the trials fate has in store for us. We shall work for others, now, and in our old age, and know no rest. 
and when our time comes, we shall die a humble death, and there, beyond the grave, we shall say we suffered and wept, we shall say our days were bitter, and God will have mercy on us, and you and I, dear uncle, we shall find a life that is bright and beautiful and fine. We shall rejoice and look back on our present misfortunes with tenderness and smiles, and we shall rest. This I believe, fervently, passionately believe. She kneels down before him and places her head on his hands, then goes in a weary voice. We shall rest. Telegin begins to play softly. We shall rest. We shall hear the angels, we shall see the heavens sparkling with diamonds. All the ills of the world and all our sufferings will be drowned in a flood of mercy, which will fill the earth. And our lives will be as soft, gentle, and sweet as a caress. I believe. I believe. <laughs> poor, poor Uncle Vanya. You're crying. You've had no joy in life, Uncle Vanya. But wait, wait. We shall rest. We shall rest. The watchman is heard tapping. Telegin plays his guitar. Maria Vasilyevna jots something in the margins of a pamphlet. Marina knits her stocking. We shall have rest. The curtain slowly falls. Mm.